sentences. I've, I've tried. I've tried making them longer. I do make them longer now. They're a couple of hours each. Sure. Um, and it makes a big fucking difference, actually. Right, we're on, yeah. by the way. When you're ready. Oh, shit, ready. sorry. No, 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 whenever you're ready. I'm ready, mate. I'm no, ready. No, right, we're on. Mate, fucking good to see you. Good, good to see good you, mate. See you. I'm fucking yeah. well happy to see you, mate. Don't see each other too often. And whenever... Cheers, mate. Good Cheers. Oh, hard, hard drinking, hard drinking. Hard drinking, Buxton water uh, in the morning. Just the, the finest. Yeah. Is this your day off, is it? Yeah, how mate. Did, yeah. How I'll many fly. day off do you get? One. One a week? One a Well, basically, how it goes is, at the moment, um, because we're doing previews, so the previews are essentially the show, tweaking the show and making sure that everything's up to speed before we do a gala night, which would be called press night. Usually, if it's a new show, so the press will come see it. The press are going to come see it anyway. And this is before the preview, for example. No, no, no. So the preview is happening now. So we're on, right? Right. So you do about two weeks worth. Typically, we're doing it a few a few weeks. So what happens then is you have a gala night where it'll be like this is the opening, opening, right? This is like a, the event where all, you know you might have some celebs come. The premiere. The premiere. If you but will. in on on stage they call it the gala night, don't they? Yeah. Right. So I'm yeah. learning you. Oh, that's all right, mate. Yeah, exactly. So. That, they'll have that and then that's when the show is locked in it's officially on and it's like the tickets are normal like the price it should, it should be and um, yeah that's it mate that's it, that's it. So when what it do goes, you mean the price is what they should be what so because they, when the previews in the theatre you can get them for a little I think usually you get them for a tiny tiny bit cheaper and what? that's because they're in previews so this show's just getting tightened up they're tweaking it they're making ah. sure that you know because it's fresh on the stage they don't it's not the, it is the finished product, but it's, they want to make sure that it's tight before it goes after press. The so press. they're not pushing hard with marketing at the minute, for example. They are, they, they are, yeah, they're, they're, they're building up and they want to, I mean, they'll get people in, they're getting people in now. Do you know what I mean? The theatre's open, fully, fully open, so um, they are pushing it. They're, doing, mean, they're still doing interviews and stuff. Um, you know, they've got, we've got a media day next week and stuff like that, but I probably won't be involved in that, mate. How many shows have you done now? Uh, it's about two weeks worth. So we do to t- t- a matinee and an evening on a Saturday and the same on Sunday. So that's four shows. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So that's, well, eight shows a week, two weeks, 16 shows. But what will happen is once gala night happens, um, we go into a week on, week off in terms of me and I alternate with my counterpart because I'm also understudy to the two leads, two male leads that are in the show. So I've got a very small part and I'll play that week on, week off. And that's and so what happens is because of COVID, they have they they really want to make sure that if anybody goes down, there's someone there ready to go and go on. Mm-hmm. So um so my week on will be next week and then I'll have a week off after that. So how does the understudy bit work? So the understudy bit, you right, it's a bit again, COVID. So you usually don't learn. I mean if it's two leads, you don't really that's not really known, but because of COVID. They want people to be able to cover a couple of people. So I've got, I've had to learn the two, two lead roles. You're the cover of the pair of them? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So that if they have a, an, an NA, it's called an NA, that's not available. They've got a date book, they've got a wedding, or they've got a fucking time off with the kids or anything NA like that. NA means not available. Right? Yep, yeah. And I'm in. And that's... So July 8th, no, I'm not, listen, I'm not actually allowed to tell people. <laughs> don't tell anyone because they can change yeah. it. I know, I'm like, but I don't matter now. They'll be all right. They'll I can right. leave that out. Uh, nah, don't worry about it. Keep oh. it on. Keep it on. Hey, Chower, come. <laughs> Everybody, everyone you know. Well, yeah. I'll be there. Me and the missus will be there. Uh, yeah, mate. We're going, mate. We're going, good, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, we're going, yeah. Mark and all the Kajaki boys are going to be there. Oh, like, And this is like the biggest turnout we've had for ages, mate. Like, the, you know. 
people that you wouldn't have seen for a long time. Yeah, it'd be, be good. Be good. Um, Luke can't make it, I don't think, sadly. Oh, can he not? I think he can, mate. Oh, I think look after that. Um, yeah, no, we're going. I love Stitch. I yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't. You all fucking love this show, mate. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, well, I'll, we'll see. <laughs> You'll all love this show because I'm in it. July eighth. No, no, no. You're gonna love it, man. I'm yeah, telling you. I, mate, I haven't. I haven't been loads of times, but like, I, I grew up with my old man talking about stage shows and opera and all different. Your stuff. mum was she a dresser? Was she working in wardrobe or something like that? Is that? I, I've seen a few podcasts where you talk about. Yeah, you my, about your mum? My, my mother was like one of the only ones who hasn't done anything in TV films. So really, yeah, you know, on my father's side, mate. Fucking hell, where do I start? My, well, my sister's godmother. Yeah. She was a costume designer. Right, that's right? what I've heard, yeah. Um, my, one of my aunties, one of after for, she produced the first two series of Hamish, Hamish Macbeth. Fucking hell. My nan, who's now dead, she was in, she was an actress. She was in fucking Target and all sorts, mate. Wow. My other auntie, she still, I think she's still acting now. But <laughs> she was, uh, <laughs> she was a Bond girl, but a, a henchwoman Bond girl in the Living Daylights, right in the first the first scene. What a claim to yeah, fame! Yeah, she was. She was the. There was a, a there was a series on TV back in the eighties that many people will remember called "The Life and Loves of a She Devil." Okay, which was about a, a bunny boiler. Yeah, and she played the lead part. Like it made her career at the time. Yeah, it was huge over here, and there was a film done about it, which Roseanne Barr played. The, the character oh, right. of the film. Yeah, 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 my yeah. auntie played the original in the series over here. It was huge in the 80s. Uh, my old man was in a couple of Disney films as a boy actor. Hey, you got good lineage. Oh, loads, mate. I my granddad was... Um, I would never have known that. My granddad was in Hammer Horrors as lead roles. What's Hammer Horrors? Ha Hammer Horrors? What? Oh, man, I know. You remember, 32. Yeah, but still, <laughs> mate. Ha Hammer, ho Hammer Horror Films. Was it Hammer was a production company. Hammer know. Horror Films, like... like Cult, know, cult horror movies. Okay. Mate. Like, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of some now. Well, he was in Quite a Mass in the Pit as a, right. a lead lead role, Dr. Quite a Mass. He was a Scottish actor. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's a fair bit there, mate. Yeah, mate, of course. <laughs> that's yeah. a fair bit there, mate. Yeah. Um, Never appealed to you before you joined the, before you joined the Reg? No, I don't think so. I didn't, have the, I didn't have the balls, mate. You really? think about. You've got the balls to do this. Yeah, but I, that's why I'm now. It's not what I was before. I mean, yeah. I, you know yeah, much more than I do, mate. Yeah. How confidence and self esteem sapping. We'll talk about is that in a second. Yeah, oh mate, my god! Yeah, oh but, my so, god! But the thing is, people like might, might listen to this now. You might get another actor watching this, and they'll be like, "Yeah, it's nothing." But I'm like, yeah, it's because you're in the habit of doing it. Once yeah, you're in the yeah, habit yeah. of doing it, that's different. If you took nine years off and you go back, you're like, "Whoa, this is." Well, this takes a bit of getting used to. It's like I imagine if you've um, you had a break and you've gone back, or you've not been in training in the registration like you're like, fuck, I'm a bit rusty here. And then you go out to Afghan. Yeah, then you get something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But you're like, oh, that, or even then you're like, you think you're match fit then, but then you go out there, yeah, and do yeah. a month, and you're like, right, okay, fuck me, I'm nothing like I was before. Yeah. Same thing, mate. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you, so you took nine years out, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Was I, that? So I took nine years out. Um, we ain't going to get the bit before, are they? Should we explain why? Go for it. So I... I'm still not entirely clear, mate. You're not entirely clear. So, <laughs> right. So what had happened was... Think I, of Jackie 2014. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um, so it happened that year. Uh, oh. I, yeah, happened that year. Yeah. So, but it's, so basically I had... 
I, I, there's no, I'm not, there's not, there's no blame because we still don't know why it happened. Really, why it happened? Um, basically, yeah. So I had a stroke, and uh, I was. Do you want me to tell you how it happened? And all go, that? go for it. So they gave us a diet plan for Kajaki, right? Some fucking mate. I look at it now and I think to myself, "Why was you so? What the fuck were you thinking? Just think, because it, it weren't like relative. They didn't say anything like it was like the three hundred blokes down there, like Gerald Butler and that, and then it just got ripped because you're meant to look like you've been there for a couple of months and you hadn't been. Eating, you've been eating ration packs and stuff. And I was like, and I was a butler in a buff at the time, right? So after I was like pretty beefy. And I was like, fucking it stripped down, um, and so. It doesn't tell you about any weight or what height you are or anything. It doesn't take into account anything like that. It just gave you the ingredients and how much you should use and how much you should drink on this diet. And everyone got the same one. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah. The same I, quantities. I, listen, I, Gareth, I'm not having a go. Whoever fucking punted it out. It sounds to me like you're having a go. I'm not having a go. It's not <laughs> doing Listen, I, I should have been like smart to go. Go on. It doesn't look like I'm not eating enough or drinking enough. But <laughs> I've done that for a couple of days. I was like, come on, mate. I've done a bit of weight here. I'm going to stop. When did you start it? For Kajaki. Okay. So done it again um, after. And I was like, because it was good at losing weight, but it, well, I don't think it was very healthy. But anyway, I just thought, fuck this. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stop it. I've done it about two days and I was just doing too much. I could tell I was like losing too much weight too quickly. What was the diet? Do you remember? Uh, mate, so a bit of whey protein. Yeah. Flavorless. So there's no sweetener or anything in it. Um, a few blue, a handful of blueberries. Yeah. Not, I mean, I've got a big hand, but they were like, yeah, less than that, like smidgen of blueberry. Then you had a bit of flaxseed oil, I think. Yeah. Oh, fuck, there was one more ingredient. Uh, who, was, gave was who gave me this? Who gave me this? It was Kajaki. Yeah. Right. So, and how many times a day would you eat that? So that was the, so no, that wasn't breakfast. That was after, that was post-workout, right? So for breakfast, you'd have uh, squeezed lemons into like a big jug of water and some cayenne pepper. <laughs> I sound fucking thick. Are you sure? Hang on, hang on, hang on. You hear me out. Are you sure you didn't misread the instructions? No, I, did, I definitely. It was like one sheet of paper. It's like, eat that. And I was like, okay, no worries. Do that after that. They gave you exercises. They gave you all sorts of other shit. And how often were you supposed to eat like that? Uh, there was another meal. The other meal was salmon. Yeah, you're allowed to have like a slither of salmon and greens. So it was like, no, basically, like, no carbs in it. Yeah, no carbs is an issue if you're training hard. Yeah. And also if you're a fucking about 14 stone, six foot one, and you're just not eating enough. But I wasn't clued up on training all that at the time. I was just thinking, oh, I've got to lose it quick. I was just, yeah, I just wanted to get trim. But anyway, this has got nothing to do. I don't think it's got anything to do with it, but it just is what preceded what happened. So I went, oh, fuck this. This is a bit hard. I'm going to just fuck it off. I said to my little brother, it was a summer's day, and it was during... Um, was like midweek yeah and uh i went uh to the shop I, we, I was lucky that he came with me went marks and spencers and um it was that was in the car park and as we were walking i got out of the car so i walking into the right like, i'm about to walk in and uh you know like when boxers get chinned and their legs go yeah that's essentially i just i felt a like that and i was like whoa and i just stopped in my tracks did you feel fine before that yeah, I felt fine. Felt fine. I had no feel tired or headache, <coughs> none of that shit. Just literally, it was just like wham. Like I'd walk into a brick ball and I didn't see it. And uh, and I couldn't move and I was just looking around, but immediately I was disorientated. Um, 
And my little brother said, are you right? I remember him saying to me, are you right? How old was he? At the time, I think he must have been about 19. And my, he's my baby brother. How old are you? Then? Uh, 23. 23. No, fuck me, he must have been, fuck, he must have been 18. You're 18. Uh, I was 23. <laughs> um, and I said, are you all right? And I, I couldn't, I don't think at the time, my brain was telling me I was probably speaking fluently, but I couldn't get my words out. And I was like, yeah. Nah, and then at that time, disorientated, everything went black and white. So, I, it just, but I, it, my brain wasn't cashing up with itself quick enough for me to be able to go, this is what's going on. It just went black and white, and then I was sick on the spot. Sort of like, I, I tried to just turn around, but my, it was like someone had uh, grabbed both both your ankles. You've got two people un underneath you holding on, like, like you're dragging a chain and ball, right? So that was weird. And then immediately I threw up on the spot, but I had nothing in me. I wasn't eating properly. So I was like bile, right? So I immediately threw up. And uh, then I was like, fucking hell. Like, in my head, I was like, where's the car? I don't know where the fucking car is. Because everything looked the same. All the cars looked the same. Everything just looked- Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't know where I was at. And I was like, and then he had to guide me a bit. But obviously my legs, I'm in my brain's not computing what's happening. It's not going something's very, very wrong here. It's just gone survival mode instantly. So it's like stand, stay standing. Like you like fight or flight or whatever, defend yourself or carry on. Do you know what I mean? It's just saying just carry on. So I'm like, all right, and I'm trying to walk and then I'll get to the wherever my little brother leads me to, his car. And uh he goes to get in the fucking driver's seat, but I can't I can't, my brain I can't open the door. I don't know what to do. I'm just looking at it. I don't know what to do. And then uh he comes back round, opens the door, he goes to go back into the driver's seat, but then I can't get, I could barely lift my leg up, so he lifts it up for me, and I just slump into the car. We only lived five minutes up the road. So on the way, I found out afterwards, it was quite traumatic for my little brother. And I didn't realise at the time how it would be, because I, at the, I mean, not being like fucking provider, no, but I was his older brother, and I was probably the brother that would be like, I would look after him. And so to see me and clip like that, it <coughs> weren't, I, I didn't realise how distressing it was for him. So in the car, I didn't know who I was. I I, I had a, I, I'd done the dream, I, you know, dream job with Jackie and everything else, and I was flying, and I was like, I, I don't know my name. I said, like, What's my name? What's my name? What's my name? You asking him? Yeah. Oh my god! Imagine that, like fucking. And then I knew my first name. I thought, I don't know. I was like, I couldn't fucking make sense of what was happening to me. But I didn't. I was. I don't know why I was asking. I didn't, I didn't fucking, but I remember, I looked back, he put a jigsaw piece together. I was like, oh yeah, I was doing that, one. not I? Fucking hell. So it's strange how your brain just, it's just scrambled. So anyway, we got out to the house, um, managed to get the door open, and I just fall flat on my face. Luckily there's grass there, I just go bang like that on my face. And uh, I'm like, at the time, king of press ups, do you know what I mean? As you probably argue, but like, you were king. I'm telling you now, I was just bloke going to the room, I'd be like, I'll beat you, you and you, and I'll fucking have you and all, let's go now. I was that bloke, and I, uh, Hugh, I couldn't, I couldn't, my wrists were like, you, you, you like, press up like that, it was just limp, it was just, like, everything was limp. And I couldn't, like, couldn't, so, so I, mate, I was couldn't get back up. bloke, couldn't do nothing. Our next door neighbor at the time, Simon, uh, mate, if you're watching, you're a fucking great bloke. So he's a football coach, right? Little bloke, little bloke. And he's like, flush as fuck. And he's running out. He, he's a, a football coach at the time, I think, for Arsenal. And uh, he's like, uh, you're right, you're right there, Grant? You're all right? And he's like, oh, bloody hell. And like, my little brother's trying to fucking, because obviously my little brother's called my mum in advance. She's run out. Um, and mum's a trained nurse. Like, she, she's, uh, she's 
fucking done loads of stuff, mate. Um, worked at Belmarsh and all sorts. So she knows basics. Simon, the football coach, comes over and he's fucking putting his knees behind my back. And begging, I'm a fucking big fella, do you know what I mean? He's putting his knees behind my back trying to support me in that. And at the time, this is when I noticed uh, my breathing, I couldn't breathe properly. When you say knees behind your back, are you sat up at this point? Trying to sit me up. Right. Okay. Do you know what I mean? I was yeah, just yeah, fucking yeah. flopping yeah. everywhere. I couldn't do anything, mate. So again, I told you before, the clots hit both sides of my brain that I found out. So this is it's making sense. I was like, once, like that that's, it happened, the back part of my brain, the cerebellum, cerebrum, cerebrum whatever you want to say it. Um, it's the pilot. It's a coordination. So both sides is fucked. Um, so I did notice then though, I was struggling to breathe. And it's, so it's imagine like a towel <laughs> block, mate. Big towel block, canary wharf, all the lights are on. And it's like the janitors walk to the top floor because the blood flow is not going to your brain. Nothing else is fucking gonna work, is it? Right? So it's like- Because your brain controls everything. Yeah. And so like everything, do you know what I mean? So it's like janitor going, one light off, another light off, another floor down, another floor down, so slowly. Shutting down. shutting down, mate, yeah. Um, and so again, it was like 20, everything was like 25%. I couldn't, my breathing was fucked, man. I thought I was suffocating. That's what it felt like and I couldn't, <clears throat> I couldn't make sense of the situation in my brain. It's like, you know, when you're unwell and you, you think to yourself, oh, do you know, you're, you're, you're a hangover, or you're throwing up or whatever. You know, there's a respite. At some point, you're, you know, this is gonna stop. If you're out of breath or whatever, you're gonna go, oh, I'll be all right in a minute. But my brain was going through the library going, what the fuck do we do? What the fuck do we do? I don't know this. We don't know this. And we couldn't make sense of it. And so, yeah, you're, in, you're not even, I don't even know I was in panic mode, mate. I just think I was fucking, it was just, it was not normal. Anyway, mum managed to get me in the house. So he managed to get me on the couch. She puts my feet up under the, under pillows. And at that point, I'm starting to shake. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Uh, right, so we're Uma Thurman, you know, John Travolta, and she's fucking, and he's like, fucking, no, she's like, and she's there, like, fucking doing all that. Or the eyes are going to the back of the head. Um, that's what I noticed myself. I was like, don't, my brain, when there was having a conversation with me, so everything else could control, but then I started to have moments of like <laughs> bit of clarity where it will go, stop doing that. You're gonna make people panic. Do you know what I mean? Don't, wanna, don't, be a, don't be a drama queen. So it's like, but I couldn't <laughs> help, but like I thought my eyes were going to the back of my head. And also I was like shaking, could see my hands. I was like, what? And I was like, stop doing that. But I couldn't control it. And I was fucking freezing, freezing. And I later found that I was hypothermic on arrival to the hospital. I'll get to that point in a second. What was, time of year was it? I was summer. No. Yeah. So I was hypothermic because what happens is the blood the blood stops and the body goes, hang on a minute. This I think this is I think I'm right in saying this. This ain't right. We need to look after the vital organs. So therefore the takes blood, everything away. Thinks yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah. So I was, I was on my report. I wish I should have brought it with me. Mate. It's fucking fascinating. Read. But anyway, so I had the <clears throat> paramount called paramedics, and they came out, and it's not like the films where like. You know, it's all fucking. It's this couple that were lovely, lovely, uh, nice couple of people. I had a uh, Darren Valley. Don't go slagging paramedics. No, man, Luke will not be happy. He said, "No, mate, I'm telling you, they they were so fucking good because this bloke when like straight away he put me up to an ECG and he was just like, my heart was doing something like I think it was pretty much atrial fibrillation. So it was just something fucked. He was like, he was like, Gene, Gene, we gotta get out now. We gotta get him to the hospital now, 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 and I was just laying there like fucked and um. I've got like a rickety path up to the fucking ambulance. I'm like hanging off of this, like this stretcher. They get me in the back, whiz me to hospital. And then it's like the films, because then they burst you through the doors. 
family can't come with you there's a team waiting to work on you and you're fully conscious I'm when conscious. I say fully conscious yep. you're stroke conscious yep. yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so I'm aware what's going I'm, I'm aware where I am but obviously still struggling to breathe I, I can't I'm struggling to breathe I'm free I, I'm, I'm shaking and uh, just everything feel, I feel like I, I can only liken someone trying to suffocate me I've never been suffocated before but that where you're trying to grasp for air <laughs> that panic you know you're, on, you're in a pool on holiday and someone else dread under the water a bit too long you're like yeah that panic that's what, we, that's what it's like and uh, they burst through the doors and uh, there's a load there's a team there basically ready to work on you and they're all just fucking shouting at each other because they're like looking at me and they're thinking what the fuck what's going on what this is not normal um, and they put they wrap me up in this uh, big thing where they heat your body up because it's fucking free and I could tell they was like the temperature and all that they're like he's fucking freezing and uh, they warm me up and then is that, cable, that, is that cable pissing you off no no it's fine it's fine it's fine, it's fine. Sure. Uh, so they warm me up and they're all shouting at each other. At that point, I didn't quite know what they were saying to each other. They were all talking in jargon and stuff, um, plugging me in and whatnot. And uh, and that was the moment, mate. I went, um, I just thought, ah, this is I, this is it. This is where I fucking this is my chapter. This is where my chapter ends. Because I thought that's, I, I've, I've, I was struggling for so like I thought it was fucking forever. But at that point, I just went, mate, like just relax. Mate. You've done everything you can. You're not gonna. Yeah, so I generally had the thought of like, mate, this is how you go out on a fucking hospital bed. Oh my God. Fucking grim, mate. But in that moment happened, I had the moment of being like, just, just I, my, my, my body, everything, my brain, relax, mate. It's good, it's fine, you're all right. And then back in a room, back in a room, like, fuck me. Like, that was fucking weird. What happened there? Like, everything just went whoosh. Like, I was fine. Fine. What do you mean? They didn't have no clot busting treatment. I didn't have no, so what I found out later on is that the clots dispersed by themselves. And then it was like, you're right. And I was still, but the thing was that was still abnormal was I was still throwing up. So every now and again, I'd be like, like retching into a little gray dish bowl that you get in hospitals. Uh, and that's when my mum, my, they allowed my mum in a short while after with my little brother. And mate, I knew something was like fucking horribly wrong because I mean, I was thanking my little brother. You don't go like, you do, I'm a bit unwell, you don't go around thanking people for looking after you. You just, I was like, mate, thank you. Whatever, that mean, you got me there. You got me here. Well done. Tears and all that. And um, my mum said afterwards, I knew because they gave me anti-sickness. They, they in, um, IV of anti-sickness. <laughs> With anti-sickness, I'm pretty sure it's like, they could give you like, I think two or three doses and on the third dose, you carry on being sick. There's something wrong internally. Like something not, not really not right. And I was continuing to be sick. And then they went to me, you, uh, well, you could come back in for an out, outpatient appointment or you could stay in overnight. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're staying overnight, mate. Stay I am getting, don't give a fuck. You put me in the corridor. Day? Yeah. They went, I went, you could put me in the corridor or whatever. Yeah. I, but I was cracking jokes with the nurses and stuff. Everything just went back to normal. But I had a really, my head was fucking like hurt bad. Really, really bad. Did they know at this point it had been a stroke? No. Not at all. Because again, it's not the typical appearance of it. Because like you say, one side and all that. And you're young, you're young as young, well. You and, are young now and you were younger yeah. then, you know? And, and I didn't have physical disability. Like afterwards, I was oh. lucky. I was very, very, very fortunate. Very fortunate. I didn't have that. I mean, I was, I've got permanent brain damage. Because you could see the scar after when they done the radio. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's from Wales. He's a funny guy. Okay, no. Have you really? Yeah. So yeah, because it's like it's like someone smeared the uh, like you got I got the brain scans at home. I said, took a photo of it. Um, basically, what had happened? So then I got. A I sick. can't tell by the way. I was. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. So I um they they gave me a CT scan. All right. Never had a CT scan in my life. Have you? I don't. 
I think so, yeah. So you put your chin on this this thing and it sort of scans around like that. Yeah, now, right. I didn't know. Because they didn't say to me, this is what we think it might be. The CT scan ad was off my fucking head. But I'm like, cool, funny x-ray this. They'll make me put my chin here. Why are they doing that? They want to see my body. I don't have a fucking clue, mate. I was just like, yeah, go on, do what you want. Um, at that point, I was just happy. I was just happy that I'm in a hospital. I'm like, I'm looked after. If anything goes wrong again, someone's going to be nearby to sort me out. And I was in my own private room and sitting there. And anyway, overnight, I watched Saving Private Ryan on a little, little TV and I was well happy. And uh, the next day, uh, I was on my own. Mum and dad and Ella will come up tomorrow. Um, I didn't know what CT scan was, so obviously when this consultant came in and he was on his own, I had no one with me, and bear in mind, 23 years old, he went, um, right, uh, I said, oh, what's the good news, Doc? And as I said it, I was well happy. I had like a little croissant with some marmalade and that. I was fucking loving it, mate. I was like, this is an experience. This is a good story to tell everybody. And I was like, what's the good news, Doc? And as I the words left my mouth, I thought, there's no good news here. Why have you said that? And I thought some, for some time after that, I thought, because you said that, that's why it, uh, it can't really... Superstition. Yeah, yeah. superstition. I was like, why did you fucking say that? And he went, not good. Um, uh, we believe you've had a stroke. And at that point, mate, imagine being 23, you'd be like, you've had a stroke. I was like, mate, everything that's associated with having a stroke is old people, by fucking people who are fucked. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bloke with a, I'm an ego. Unfit old people. Unfit old people, mate. And I prided myself in being fit. And I prided myself in being, you know, like a lad and all these other fucking things that are meaningless. But it, part of my identity was like, that. that, that is the polar opposite. I was like, no, 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 I can't, mate. You can't be right. I can't be right. But he left and I was crying and uh, like, fucking hell. And he was like, just because it was just rock my world, mate. I didn't think that was right for me to, to happen to me and all that. Mum comes in, they wrap, we wrap our heads around the medication thing. And then like, later on, later on that day, <clears throat> because they're looking at CT scan, the radiologist report, they go, uh, I had an MRI that day to make sure that we've got a specific uh, look at the brain. And then a radiologist had a look at it. Some, a team, so the consultant team for the strokes went down and they were like, they come back up, it's a team of them this time. And mum and dad are there. And uh, he's like, we, we don't think it's a stroke. We think uh, it might be tumours. Um, so we really need to, and also it could be something to do with your spine, something like that. Uh, so they were like, we're gonna throw the book at you. And I was like, but we need to see the final radiologist report. So I was in bits. And then I had a really, really nice guy. Uh, he must've been like a ward nurse or something <coughs> like that. Alan Caverne. Alan Caverne is his name. He's Dr. Alan Caverne. So he came along, he's like, mate, don't listen to what they're saying. Wait till you get a radiologist telling you what's what, because they look at them every day, and those people are just going to tell you their opinion, and that's just their opinion. They're not radiologists. They'll just look at it typically. And then once I got the report back, turned out I did have a stroke, but it was hit fucking two blood clots and hit both sides of my brain. And then they were just baffled. They like they came back in and I was like, like I was a sort sort of anomaly. So they were like, I was fine. I was walking up with my drip. You know, like you got your drip hooked up to a little wheelie thing. I was picking it up and going for a piss and fucking like, you know. It's 100%. 100%, mate. And they were sort of baffled. And, it's the same day. Uh, oh, next the next day. day. Yeah, next but day. I was the same day, mate. I was up and doing my own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. I was paranoid. And after I knew that they said about maybe Australia, I was like, mum, bring my guitar in. Bring my guitar in. <laughs> to see if you can still play. Yes, my fingers and everything. Because dexterity. I didn't want anything. I thought maybe I'm going to sit down at a piano or something. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm going to be able to fucking do that. Or I might, I might do that and my arm will go out that way. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Why all stuff happens? Yeah, mate, because your brain rewires. Well, have you seen the case of the woman 
who <laughs> she's a British woman and she had a stroke mm. or is it a coma one of the two came out of it and she now talks a Chinese accent oh I've heard loads of stories oh, like but this but there's a video of it it's yeah, on the yeah, news yeah, legit, it's wild legit. yeah 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 wild and like, she, she's like it's not I, I like it's funny but it's not she, it's like <laughs> destroyed the world and her yeah, husband's like mate. what the fuck oh, this woman can you imagine <laughs> man I can't wish I'm fucking good so, so bilingual bad, yeah. Um, but yeah but mate I felt so then they went look they kept me in then. They were like, we've got to do um, loads and loads of tests uh, to find out why it's happened because that's not normal. They thought maybe I had sticky blood. There's like a blood uh, um, blood uh, condition where you clot easily. You didn't have that. Uh, they want to take fluid from my spine. They wanted to do... Oh, they're the one of the worst ones. Was a transiosophical echocardiogram, I think they call it. Well done. Where they fuck me. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. They, mate, they, they spray your throat with some numbing agent. And uh, and then they have this poor woman. They get this thing like around your mouth, like you know, you get your teeth whitened and that. I don't know, anything like that. This poor nurse there next to me, she probably dragged her in from like mopping the floor, like she's not her job. And uh, <laughs> fucking me laying there like that, and they're like, it's gonna be a little chill. I'm thinking that's like, gonna be like this fucking cable or, or that, like a little extension cable. And they get this fucking gigantic, like shoving a snake down my fucking neck, and like I'm like, they give me a little sedative, which is not to take the. It's not, mate. It didn't touch the sides, and I'm there like gagging and dribbling everywhere and um and then they have a look at your heart and i had a little look and then they were like mm, nothing so it's really. like a camera down your throat basically yeah and while you're awake it's fucking horrible oh my so god so anyway so there was nothing wrong there but what they ended up finding was so you can have a look at your heart yeah how do they look at your heart with a camera through your throat right oh, no, maybe he was doing it for that a crack that doesn't make sense yeah, to me he did ask me to put a blindfold on everything no 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 he's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, basically uh, after that i ended up doing a bubble test and the bubble test is where they they put in some they have your body and oh, they, they put some solution through you and then they could see if there's a hole in your heart now i'm sure you know loads of people know that uh all of us are born with a hole in the heart and about 75% of us, it all heals over. It's all fucking fine. But 25%, it doesn't. I didn't right? know this. All right. So it's a common <laughs> thing. Happens. So, you know, uh, but the, the people will go their whole lives and nothing wrong with you. It's fine. But there's a small percentage of people who have some fucking problems. And I, I mean, footballers get failed medicals for it. It's a thing. You know, if you've I've got heard that, of yeah, someone having a hole in the heart. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's not, you know, the end of the world. But what they, they chalked it up to, I mean, I got referred... Um, a second time so they said that's that we need to close it because that could be a risk for clotting going to your brain but they said but we don't know that you shouldn't have a clot going through there but what they kind of i went to king's and um i saw someone there i saw a specialist there because i wanted to get another opinion and my you know fortunate mum had a few friends in, in good positions that'll be able to get me there and he was like i sat down with this guy and he's like fucking like head of neurology at fucking king's so he's like fucking intelligent fucking bloke and he just looked at me and he's gone um you're very lucky i went yeah yeah I, I don't feel very fucking lucky mate but yeah and he's like no 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 you are lucky and he said you basically should be you know you know not even in a wheelchair you should be just you know you should be fucked you should either be dead or you should be like you know severely disabled and not be able to move your body um so he said you're lucky so lucky and and then you know that sort of hit home and then after that he said uh look cardiologist is going to go to you we think it's this i'm a neurologist and i focus on brain and i'm going to think it's this so everyone's got their own opinion on it because like, they don't know what's what and by the end they said look the the theory is is that you probably had some stagnant blood in a chamber and because you've got a little hole in there seeping through and it's something just like some stagnant blood pinged off 
and it's gone to your brain. But, you know, they still don't know. Bringing you this podcast today are the Aardvark Group. Founded in 1982, Aardvark has established itself as a major player in its field. Renowned for its exceptional technology and innovative propositions have supported countless defence ministries, the humanitarian and NGO sectors, and commercial operators in theatres of war and post-conflict environments around the world. Aardvark is foremost a humanitarian organisation working to help rid the world of the explosive remnants of war. Their technologies are uniquely developed by operators for operators, which ensures that every product, system or platform that they provide conforms to the essential criteria of stability, survivability and reliability. Aardvark know that to have a truly lasting positive impact, their technologies must be cost effective. So they've commissioned a number of projects with their research partners to develop technical innovations with the core aim of delivering affordable solutions that can be deployed directly into communities to reduce the incidence of accidents and deaths due to explosive threats. Aardvark are headquartered in the UK with offices in the United States of America and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. You can find out more about them by going to aardvark.group, not just about the products and services they provide, but also about the incredible work they do to support the military community and military charities. Go to their website, aardvark.group, or find them on social media, the Aardvark Group. So they've done a little PFO closure. It was bigger than what they thought, so they've done, they've got like this little coil they put in, they put in there, so string it through like that, so through both chambers like that, string it through, and then it goes like that. So, so both, it, so you pull it like that. And so it's it a spring, for yeah. people listening, it's a spring, you expand, and then it yep. springs back spring together, you compact. Expand. That's right? it, mate, yeah. And then, it hit, and then your heart heals over it, the muscle starts to just go over it. And it oh, they put the spring in the, in the wall yeah, of the heart? through the wall. So they string oh, it through, like, wow. they thread it through, and then it and then it let go and it'll go up. Sorry, mate. It'll go, it'll go up like a. Oh, like so it pulls the wall, it pulls yeah. the holes together. Yes, that's it. Yeah, oh, and then and, and then yeah. the muscle heals heal over around it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, um, and it was keyhole surgery. It wasn't fucking major surgery, um, but yeah, and uh, and that was it, mate. And then after that, the the what led from that was uh, and why I left acting um, was because uh, they they signed me up to a neurologist. Like a no, no neuropsychologist at the hospital, and I went, "Am I fuck telling these people what's really going on?" Because I don't want to tell them what I'm thinking or what I'm feeling like or anything like that. Because I didn't at the time. I still had because before I went drama school, I was like, "I'm going to military. This is what I want to do," and I was like, but at the same time, I was like, "Oh, if the acting kicked off, that'd be good as well. I'd like to do that." And so I was always like, "That's my that's my plan. If I don't fucking fancy acting anymore, I'm going to do that. I'm young enough, and I want to go do it." Um, mum was in the army granddad was in the army it was just the, I was always interested always interested um, so I when I thought if I tell them I thought fuck I'd be able to get away with like maybe getting scraping past the medical after like five years or something of clean living all that and uh, so I thought I'm not going to tell them what I think because they're gonna, that's going to be on my record then people are going to know and that will stop me from even, you know, becoming any sort of public sector job. Then I'll be like, oh, he's fucking... I was paranoid. I didn't want people knowing what, what, what was really going on. What? I don't understand. What didn't you want to tell them? Uh, that I was, um, at the time, how I was really feeling, man. I was... I was it changed. When you have something like that happen to you, I don't know, it's not the same for everybody, but when I, it happened for me, um, you're so aware of your mortality. Like I worked before. 
and like if you've not had like you've had life or death experiences right so you become aware of fuck me that could have been my day that could yeah, have been but it. it's different so yeah, like so. what you experience is is pretty rare relatively rare right because i mean you know you tell me what's it like going in a, a, a mental process and accepting that you're gonna die Ah, uh, yeah. So What's I that like? I couldn't. I think. I think it freaked me out. So what happened after that? Then I, I, I never. You had said it. you were super calm about it. <clears throat> In the moment, in, I mean, at the time. At the time. At the time. And then after. As opposed it, to panicking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, I was. I mean, I couldn't. Didn't have time to because my body was doing all that. And then it mm. got to the point where I just chill out now. You're done. This is it. This is it. Let go. That was what happened to me. And then you literally relaxed. Yeah. And that's why. Someone asked me the other day. They're like, um, "Are you are you scared of?" being ill with death or are you scared of death itself and i was like oh yeah fucking no one wants to be unwell and knowing they're gonna die that's horrible but at the moment as said the, the transition you bet you, you i have i in my head i'm like well it fucking happens how it fucking happens to me but they're like you're nearly gonna go you know you're gonna go and you kind of just go i give up give up mate it's done it's over and then you let go but that's why people talk about the white light and all that and they feel like you know all that shit maybe i don't know i didn't have the white light and all that but from that the mental process fucking hell i couldn't wrap my head around it afterwards because i was like i was so aware of it so i've never had a panic attack before i've never had anxiety and i used to you know I don't, i'll take it now because i'm fucking well versed in it but i'm like i used to scoff at people would say i panic i'm like what the fuck are you talking about I drop, like don't make shit up like you know what i mean what is a pa- I, I, I was the same yeah what i mean I you do mate as and i was you experience school. one and you go oh yeah. my holy fucking what the fuck is that, that? is real <laughs> that is real that is real and that horrendous. is real mate and so mate it's, it's it's grim and so what happened was i was having moments so if i stood up too quick and i had a bit of head brush i'd be like fucking hell it's happening again it's happening again oh so i was very aware of a lot of things would trigger mm. you know, they this is another thing they would have put it down to post-traumatic stress that's what they would have put it down because it'd be like you're having moments if things and i would have to physically grip i have to sit like i'd have to be like i have to have the fucking earth grounded beneath me to feel like fuck, i could deal with whatever's going on it's a fight or flight thing you're like i've got to defend myself i've got to feel ready for whatever's happening and i can't control it because it's within me i can't it's not something i could face and i could deal with it because mm-hmm. i don't mind doing that but it's i can't combat anything that's happening with this i've got no control over it mm-hmm. so that was another thing that freaked me out so like, i don't know when my day could be that could have been my day and then, then you start to th- it's, it's, it, then you just start to think more and more and more and more and sometimes yeah mate I, I, it's a young age as well to experience it yeah i mate. mean the, the stroke but aside it's a really young age to yeah. have an experience like that you still like you still your brain is still growing mate. yeah you know you're you're not you were ju- you're a kid yeah. like 60 seconds ago yeah 23 isn't that old no <laughs> no i know do you know what mate i think about it now it's because it's like time's gone i'm like oh fuck me that is young because i'm 32 now i'm like fucking hell it was just mate it, and then it led from it, it snowballed so it started to affect i told a neurologist a neuropsychologist yeah no, no i'm good i'm all good don't worry about it yeah i'm good sign me off because i don't want to be coming back here cool just want to get out didn't tell him again no, didn't no, tell no, him no, what no. you're thinking no and then that's when the panic attacks started, started happening more and i didn't understand what was going on it was like i felt like i was having an heart attack and, I, and then it would affect my work so i was trying to go for i had agent meetings and things like that and i'd be sitting on the third floor and i'd zone out this is off the back of the uh, yeah off the back of the success of kajaki yeah. it's a good yeah, position yeah, yeah yeah so good position to start and then i was like my confidence was fucking shot me i had not 
because again, I'm trying to, I'm struggling with I've my identity thing of like being like again 23. I don't think I think maybe if that happened now, I might be a bit better equipped to deal with it, a bit more secure in myself, and a bit more. I don't know. I don't think I was. I was. I don't think I was uh, emotional. I, I, I was. I think I was immature enough to deal with to deal with something like that. So, what, do you think it? Do you think it knocked the you know that sort of youthful I'm immortal confidence out of you? Yes, mate. Because the mortality thing is a big. Mate, I can't describe it to people if you've not had that happen to you. I, di- I didn't know that. I didn't know that way of thinking existed. I didn't know. That, but then now you're like, you can fucking, it can go, mate. You could, you could be finished in like that. And it's not your fucking decision. And so you, I, I, that, that cocksure sort of like carefreeness went. It went, it was snatched away. And I, I, I just, I, I just didn't, it was, I had to, my world just turned upside down. I didn't know how to think. I didn't know how to. I was like, shit, this is, I'm not me. I don't feel like me. And that was when, you know, I became quite, you know, fucking, I like to overuse that the terms I overuse these days, but like I became depressed because of the way I was thinking. It constantly, I didn't know how to get out of the flat spin I was in. And I felt like I had a big black cloud fucking following me around because I just couldn't know how to stop feeling like this. Like I said, I was having an agent meeting, I was on the third floor and I, was, I started zoning out and I was very aware and I was like, like it's happening. Like I, my head was just running away with itself. And, uh, they'd be sitting there looking at me be like are you alright I'm like yeah yeah no fine but I'd be like aware that I was at a height as well that started to fuck with me a little bit I was like I'm not I don't feel safe I feel like I'm like I need to be on the I need to be safe for whatever reason mate fight I, fight, I don't know what the fuck it was but so then I was like that affected my confidence and then as well mate with with, with, with women and things like that mate I was just a bloke I thought I was a bloke and then when you know that if you feel like a lesser being, you don't feel like this is me, and other people might think feel silly. vulnerable. Yes, mate, feel vulnerable, and I don't want to fucking. Which is I, not what a woman wants. No, because this is generalizing. The, yeah, no, that's, that's it, mate. Because it's like, well, no one wants to feel like all the time. Fuck me, but yeah, I, I couldn't really, I didn't really deal with it very well. And then after a while, mate, I just went, I haven't, I haven't got it. I haven't got this anymore. And then you start to think to yourself, <laughs> I need to live right so where you're feeling vulnerable i don't want to feel vulnerable anymore i don't want to feel like that i need to get i need to do what other people are doing i need to feel safe i need to fucking go do what they're doing i need to fucking just live my life because then as well as left my own thoughts all the time if you're acting and that you're not doing stuff and i just went ah oh, fuck this i've got uh i lost my confidence mate it's all gone and um i didn't i didn't have the bollocks to tell people how i was really feeling um i was just scared just scared mate and and in the end i just i sort of just went i went into a hole put on loads of weight um I, and, and i started having counseling not long after it how did you sort that out i said to my mom because i didn't have to deal with it mate. and again another thing mate counseling to me oh at the time i was like fucking these are people who are mental these are people who need fucking to be laying on the cat they need to be locked up in a little asylum away from my house and fucking just just <laughs> kids in the corner but now i'm like oh of course that's not mate it's enough it's like having i i'm an advocate for it now mate anyone i see and i think they're strong and i'm like mate fucking why don't you if you can't figure that out yourself why don't you go why don't you go have a little word with the counselor go figure what i have a look if your car was fucked you don't know how to fix your car you're not gonna carry on driving are you there's like there's a tire missing off your car you're gonna take it to a garage and let someone fit it because you don't fucking know how to do you know what i mean and it's like it's the same logic it's like why are you going to continue trying to trying to figure your own you can't figure it out you need help you need someone else to, to teach you how to you've got the tools but you need someone else to teach you how to use them you can't do that yourself can you 
So, you know, some people can. And those are the people that sometimes are like, oh, I don't, I don't, never had a need for it or I don't, but that's good for you, good for you. But some people don't. And some people are in situations where they, they fucking need a fucking helping hand. And they go like, all right, by, by the way, I, I'm trained in this and I can help you, you know? You wouldn't have gone into the fucking army, a parachute regiment would be like, Snipers, you fucking don't, I don't need to train you, mate. I know how to hold a rifle. You need someone <laughs> to teach you how to fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, to get yourself out of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, sorry, mate, I've rambled on there. No, it's no, no, it's fine. Valid point. Everything you're saying is it's fascinating. I'm still valid points. Podcast. About, Fuck me. Is that how long we've about, been going on? I'm so sorry, Hugh. Well, that includes the icebreaker. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, uh, so that, yeah. Uh, sorry for people listening. We're looking at the time on the recorder in the studio. Sorry. Not a drama. No, right. Um, yeah, the counselling. I mean, funny you analogise it with the, the car yeah. breaking down. Like I, I analogise it with physical health. Oh, really? You've got, you've got an ailment. You go to the GP and go, my body is physically fucked. Yeah. We should do the same for mental. Like, if you can. Like, in America, it's a different culture out there. Mm. People, people who can afford it will routinely go and see a counsellor just because of the fuck of it. Yeah. Because they enjoy going to see a counsellor. Yeah. Not necessarily because of any major wrong. It's a trend or it's yeah, a Yeah, it's a trend it's out a there. But do. what a useful thing. And I think over here, it'd be a really good, it's not possible, I think, because of funding or that, but it'd be really good if you could, like, on on uh, on demand, yeah. go to the GP and go, can I see the counsellor? Yeah. You wouldn't even need a reason. No. Just, can I book him with the counsellor? Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's a waiting list a month or whatever, but once you get in and you can go see a counsellor regularly. Yeah. Why not? Because you, right. like, if you boil it right down, maybe there's nothing wrong with it, right? Or maybe there's nothing significantly wrong mentally. Maybe you just want to flesh ideas out and things to try and understand yourself a bit better. A counsellor is a neutral person yep. who is really good at helping you find yourself yep. or finding where you... Where you where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, yeah. really on a, on a really basic level. Yeah. I I've been on a few court, uh, you know, a few uh, rounds of counselling. Yeah, and um, it's like well, CBT. It's the art of the art of getting you to say everything. They say yes. a good counsellor say very little. Yeah, very little. Exactly. But what they do say is hugely impactful. Yeah, but it's you. My, my experience, a lot, most of it was you, you're literally discovering yourself because yeah. like you. Just doing that. You weren't rambling on, but when you're <laughs> yeah. talking away, and I, f I find it really often on the podcast, yes. when you're talking away, I often make discoveries about myself and my thoughts and my opinions that I wouldn't have discovered if my mouth was shut yeah. and there was no one there with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course, mate, because you're just free-flowing and you're not yeah. sort of having, you're not judging yourself while you're doing it. You're just letting it go. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, fucking hell, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I mate, 100%. It's, um, yeah, I'm a... Uh, You've got yeah. to be bulletproof in the TV and film. In in your yeah. world, in the arts, yeah. in arts, right? You've got to be bulletproof yeah. in terms of confidence, self-esteem. Yeah. It's like uh, more than, I think more than, probably more than any other vocation. Mate, and that's that, the thing, it I, is cut at the time, I was barely sort of like, I was like, oh, fuck, I can get by. But, I, you know, once that had happened to me, I was like, fuck, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> the thing is as well is that whilst I was trying to carry on, um, I was having all the tests. I was still having tests. I didn't find out immediately. Do you know what I mean? I was in hospital for like a week and a bit and then I came out and then it was like test, 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 test. And they still tried, couldn't figure it out. It was just a long process of being like, and then by the end of it, I was just jaded. And, and obviously I had all my issues and I was like, fuck man, I'm, yeah, I, I have to tap out. But it's taken th that long. I was scared you. I was, I bottled it. I, in my head, I look back and I'm like, I bottled it. But because I, I, I didn't have it in me. I, I was, I didn't have the, I think mentally, mate, it's taken me nine years to figure out, every, to get it all in order, to get myself in order, to be able to go and even, uh, even 
approach acting again. I was I was lucky that I had a, su such supportive people around me. Um, you know, people are patient with me because no one knows what it's like when when you have it afterwards. You just change, mate. I weren't the same person I was before it. Just not. You're just not. And my family been very patient. And not only that, Mark has been Mark Stanley for people like you know Mark. He's an actor. He was in Kajaki and. Um, he was, We've got him and Shen coming on at some point. Oh, have you? Yeah, yeah. That'd yeah. be great. That'd yeah, be a good quad, mate. That'd be a good quad, mate. Exactly. Yeah. They're flying at the moment. He's at yeah. a can. Yeah. A can film festival, yeah. mate. I that's, yeah. that's, I mean, that's what I saw online. That's what it's about, mate. That's what it's about. <laughs> that's where I'm going. So, um, can you imagine them two lunatics out there? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to blag a ticket. I was like, listen, do you need to carry your bags? I'll come with you. Um, you I was going to say was uh, Mark's been very, very helpful, and that's what happened to the point of last year where I went. I was so miserable. I just done loads of jobs to you that I didn't good care player, about. Mate. He's a very good bloke. Very good bloke, mate. Very good bloke. Um, and funnily enough, over the years, I ended up, end of last year, doing a counselling course. And that was what I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to start going to do that as well. And then, at the same time, Mark went to me. Uh, what do you mean, counsellor course? To be a counsellor? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, mate, yeah. Because I'd had it and I thought... I was quite lost. And I think it's because I was ignored the acting. I was like, no, nah, mate, it's my passion, mate. It's my all I want to do is act. All I want to do is act. But then again, I'm like, the counselling is, is, is a fulfilling thing for me because I'm like, if I could help someone in my situation or, or anything like that, and I know people like me who just need someone. I mean, as, accounts, people get this idea that they're like people with fucking like masters and they are people, there are people with masters, things like that, but like people that are overly qualified or they're like, you know, they... They're, they're really posh people or whatever they're not you just need someone who's relatable someone who's empathetic and fucking someone who can listen to you and when you listen it means that it's all about you not about me it's about you but it's helpful I've had some traumatic things happen in my life and that I could fucking be able to be empathic on, on that level but yeah mate I've got a huge interest in it and I've, I've done my level two so that's basically being a helper you know helper helpy and all that and so the next part would be to start building level three we'll go from there mate and that's an ongoing thing and I always want to do that because I always want to I know that it's helped me. Unless I'm not sure it's helped you with you, with you, and I want to help other people as well. Um, you know, but uh, through that, we went back to acting. Mark helped me, got set up with an agent again. So when was it? When was the decision point to go back into it? Then I'd had so, mate. Yeah, I weren't well. I weren't doing well at all, mate. At all for nine up till it just peaked. Everything bad habits and just not doing very well in general. Not very well, and you know. Uh, you know, ignore. where were you working? What were you doing? Fuck, mate, here. I've done loads, mate. I was a zinc and copper roofer that? at one point. I haven't got, I haven't got the slightest interest in it. I just thought, oh, I'll do a trade. I'll do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm not, because they had loads of money. I remember having a conversation with Luke Hardy once, and he went, um, so why, why do you want to be an electrician? And I was like, well, <laughs> that's, hey, a, good voice. Said, that's uh, a good hello, voice. That's a good voice. Hello, my name is Luke Hardy. I'm uh, a military advisor, Kajaki. <laughs> <laughs> just got to cut that clip that'll be one of the promotion oh, clips brilliant brilliant, anyway, so brilliant he went to see does he know you do that voice no he don't he's going to be like don't fucking sound like me at all um, <laughs> so uh, he was like uh, he was like why do you want to be an electrician and I went because fucking loads of money and he was like yeah but pe I went people ain't interested in doing that surely but that's me speaking because I ain't fucking interested in it and I'm just ignoring my instincts and everything else but he's going uh, he's going yeah but people got families in it or, or they're actually interested in ele electrics and I went fuck how they fuck mate because they're there for the money I'm there for the money who cares and then I went oh, I'm not going to do electrics of course 
Zinc copper roofing. What else did I do? Oh, I, I ended up getting... So I wanted to join the military. Obviously, I couldn't do the military because I would have been medically... Um, dis, uh, I wouldn't have been allowed in. I did apply for it. I appealed it and everything else. Um, so, yeah, I couldn't do that. And then I had an ex-bootneck friend, family friend, and he was like, listen, fuck all that. There's nothing going on. There's no tools or anything like that. Don't worry. That's that's dead. I'm. He, he had his own security firm. And he was like, listen go do this uh, close protection course and then I'll, I'll get you sorted out with a bit of work. Uh, and he ended up, I ended up working, I think I'll be able to say it now, because uh, they make you sign a contract now being like, you cannot talk about our NBA. work. Blah, blah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, but I ended up working for a, uh, in, a in a team uh, for a billionaire, uh, one of the richest guys in the world, property developer um, in, 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 uh, in the UK, owns a lot of property. Um, yeah, so it was good. I've done that for a bit, but that novelty wore off quickly. And then I was like, I've done a PayPal commercial before, but I got paid out for it again. Like for like, so you get a three year contract. Mm. So essentially they go, uh, look, pay for one year. If you want to use it the following year, we have to pay you like that and a bit more. That's good. So I got a call from my ex agent and he was like, uh, I was asked, like, fucking hell, Spielberg called up, is he? No, I'll come back. And he was like, no, 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 you've been paid for PayPal again. I was like, fuck, brilliant, how much? He was like, same, I was like, fucking great. And I went to Russ, he's another bootneck. And he was like, um, I was like, I'm leaving. He's fucking, he hated the job as well. I was like, this is shit. I was like, this is a shit job, I'm leaving. And I was like, where am I going? I went on Google Maps and I was like, don't want to aimlessly travel. So I was like, I'll try out being a teacher. I thought, I'll volunteer teach somewhere. Cause that's like a lot of actors going to teach and all that. I want to teach a drama, so I'll teach some English. So I thought, Oh, I'll, I'll go to South America. I ain't been there before. I went to Brazil and I went to stay in the favela, which I've told you about before. So for three months and on the fucking second day, like it just kicked off. Oh, you didn't tell me about that. Remember, like, did you tell me when I was drunk? Yes. Well, what? It was just like you didn't tell me, mate. <laughs> I didn't tell you <laughs> like, <remember> that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we, I went I, in, in A-levels, I've done A-levels and uh, studied media. Uh, I've done the fucking, mate. I was such a, well, I didn't know what I wanted to be or do. Obviously, I wanted to be an actor, but it, was, it wasn't like a reality from where I was from. I didn't know people were in drama school. I didn't know drama school was a fucking thing. Um, I, so I went, ah, oh, drama, media, and film. Those would be really helpful for me in the future. So uh, I've done media, and I, we watched a film, studied a film called City of God. Have you seen it? Yes, good right? film. Good film. And I thought, ah, oh, that looks... Mexico, isn't it? Mexico City. No, no, Brazil is in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, I mean, oh, yeah, a long but, time ago. So, okay. City of God. So basically... Uh, I went, oh, I've been to Thailand. I've done a bit of Asia and all that. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna go down to, to Brazil. And then I, I, I thought, I looked at all these um, NGOs and non-governmental organizations, people don't know. Um, and and, and there's a lot of them sort of like, hey, here's me with some poor people, like, you know what I mean? Like, like that. And I thought, well, they're not, and they're not getting any fucking money. And I looked, I read up about it and I thought, ah, oh, there's a lot of people just coining it from doing shit like that. And I'm, like, I'm, not, gonna, I'm not about that. I don't wanna do that. And I thought, well, I want to go somewhere and I want to be able to fucking help somebody. Um, so I thought, just go to the source. Like with most things in the world, you can like find, go to the source and you'll get the truth. And so I found some bloke on Facebook. Some Wait, man, when was this? What year was this? 2016, 2015, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, or 2016, it might have been. Anyway, so, no, it was 2016. So then I went to, uh, I found this mad on Facebook and he was like, hey, uh, yeah, come, come. Uh, and he was like, you've got to pay rent. You've got to pay your rent. And I was like, all right, yeah, no worries. And he was like, and we, we live in the favela. And I was like, fucking even better. Uh, and I thought, <laughs> I, I, mate, and it's how mad he was at the time. I just want excitement, mate. I wasn't happy. I was like, I want excitement. So I was like, 
Oh, I even looked up, mate. It's so sad, so bad. I was thinking, I drink, I drink half fair in the Congo, Democratic Republic. I just places like that. I was looking at mad places, city places, but you know, just dumb. I mean, I wouldn't have been that nut now being like, I'm going to go Ukraine. I wouldn't have been one of those people, but I was thinking, where can I just about get by and still see a little bit of action? So anyway, I saw this place called Hosinia, uh, and it's like the most notorious favela in, um, in Rio. But I've been told by this guy, listen, they had the Olympics there at oh, the right. time right so no 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 all, all the pacifying police have pushed them all back uh up into the forest of fucking world oh, it was 2016 then yeah. yes yeah. so uh anyway i went there and i i got duolingo app and i learned a bit of portuguese because apparently they don't speak a fucking word of it in the favelas there's been a word of english and i was like yeah you know uh boy noite and fucking bon dia and all that shit and i was like right Got that down. Got over there. I had a little GoPro and that. And uh, I will not lie, I'm not a bloke, but this time I thought, I'm going to take it with me. And I get out to the airport and uh, there's a little, oh, there's going to be a guy that's going to meet you. And this, I was looking around, I thought, I'm going to film myself saying, uh, you know, like, you know, travel to Hosenia or whatever. These taxi drivers. And I said, Hosenia. And she went, I walked off. And I thought, oh, that's not good. These people look rough. And I was like, they don't want to go there. So then my guy with a little fucking Benson Hedges fag packet, like Grant spelt backwards like that. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, no worries, mate. Uh, hop in. And uh, I'm asking him on the way. So out of Brazil, out of the Rio airport, your roads go essentially over loads of like, they look like little shanty towns and stuff. So it does look fucking intimidating at night. So it's about 11 o'clock at night. It looks intimidating. And then obviously the lights and all of the fucking sl- like, you know, favelas, slums or whatever you want to call it. It looks like the bollocks, but it's also like, fucking hell, what am I doing? I was asking this taxi taxi driver and he's looking at me like, I was like, ah, gringo and Hosinia, how will I do? And he's laughing, he's laughing his bollocks off. What's Hosinia mean? Hosinia is the name of the favela, Hosinia. Ah, right. So, um, R-O-C-I-N-H-A. Anyway, I'll get in there, mate. There's like, there's not many, there's like one main entrance at the bottom, it's like one road, it spirals up. So it's like a labyrinth, mate. All these places. If you take one wrong turn in this, you fucking you're lost because there's, there's no there's no postman. You don't go. Like, oh yeah, number fucking fifty five A. Like there's no there's none of that. Do you know what I mean, it's, it's fucking horrible. Yeah. Open sewers and all that. But it's like proper like gangsters and stuff. Like the, 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 everybody's got their own music on. Like like you know eleven. Like everyone's like blaring it. And you have got like funk and then you've got pop and you got R and B. Every next door neighbour. So you you're being like bamboozled with the music and that. But like they're all like grinding on their birds and that, and I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, it's so intimidating. I'm like Mr. Whitey McWhiteson sat in the back of a taxi, and they're all looking at me like, who's this guy? Who's and because they're paranoid about the Americans, the CIA, and they're just paranoid, right? So because obviously the favela is run by by the traffic, they're called traffickers over there, not cartel, they're called traffickers. <laughs> so they they run it. There's two gangs in this one. They're called one's called Red Command. Uh, I think they were at the top and ADA, Amigos, the Amigos, were friends of friends uh, at the bottom. And there's a school that's kind of not near the middle and that's where I was teaching. Uh, but anyway, so- we're What getting, were you teaching? English. Just make any basic English to get these kids out of the favela. So they go work in a hotel or fucking uh, anything like that, mate. So anything is helpful for them. But anyway, I, I, as I was driving up, I noticed there was this van, like a little mini van, little mini bus van. Um, it had about fucking thousand bullets in it. Um, and the blood's all over the floor, blood up the fucking sides of the thing, and I thought, fucking hell, maybe, maybe that's been there for a while. I don't know. Just like rationalise it in my head. We're getting further and further in, and uh, it stops, and he's like, get out. And I'm like, 
fucking looking around and people start peering in like who is this geezer and I'm like fucking hell man I was like you can't I, you don't understand the fuck I'm saying I'm like you can't leave me I, I'm, I'm looking I'm like oh my god I'm trying to call my contact they're not answering I'm like oh my god this is this is my worst nightmare I'm like I'm gonna be on banged up broad do you know what I mean like <laughs> and then all of a sudden this girl comes down uh she's uh she she comes down and she's like uh, hey hey Grant come in I'm like hey great and then I fucking come out on my backpack and that and all these little kids a yank uh, yeah a yeah. yank um and, and she's black so i'm still like the, there's like there are no white people there so i'm the only white guy and uh mr blue eyes and there's these kids up on top of the roof and i'm shouting gringo at me gringo 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 i'm looking at them like like that and then, and all of a sudden i hear boom, 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 boom. i'm like what the fuck and it's they're letting off fireworks oh. and then behind us comes a pacifying police car they're called pacifying police follows up behind us and uh a pacifying yeah so they're not the so they got they've got old bill but there's pacifying. i think they introduced them around maybe i think they just put them in the favelas so it's, i think these are people paid off anyway man they're corrupt as fuck um they just just the presence, just the presence right <laughs> keeping the peace and uh so that one would just follow around and then i remember thinking to myself oh wow that's how they work so they let people nearby know they let fireworks off just to let people know who's in who's there what's going on mm. Anyway, I get introduced to the, the few people that are there. I get my head down and uh, they're like, like paper thin windows, mate. And it's like, it's so built up. It's not like an open road in England. They're, they're, everyone's on top of each other in terms of like the buildings. Um, high, high, but like just quite tight. Just like it's alleyways. Everything's an alleyway, but leads to another fucking alleyway. But anyway, I remember trying to get my head down, shutting this little paper thin window and like, people just blaring out Michael Jackson and fucking weird music they had such strange stuff uh, We Are The World was one of their favourites <laughs> they would blare it non-stop mate and they'd go on to about four in the morning and then two hours sleep and then they'd all be up again music going again it's mad so anyway um, I got in, I got taken down into the centre of the favela got a little orientation there's only like fucking eight of us um, who are the others who are the others you got, uh, you got a, the, a Danish guy yeah. um, he was the only he was like he was he was like so didn't look like he fitted in there he looked like like Bruno you know like Bruno like Sasha Baron Cohen like oh, ah, Bruno yeah he was like, like, like I don't think this skis is not gonna fucking last here because he just looked like you know bleak blonde hair and he was just looked like a boy do you know what I mean I fucking hell mate are you gonna look after yourself here then the others were uh, they were just get out uh, was it girls one from Ireland but they're all people most of them are people on like um language uh, part of their degree so they've gone over but this is part of my degree to, to teach and you know learn portuguese somewhere a few americans and uh they're going to introduce me to uh the people that work near the school the school by the way is like this fucking room tiny right? tiny right and outside it's just a favela tiny for a school anyway yeah. yes so uh i'll go in and then i'm going to introduce you to the the guys that run that part of the favela i was like oh right fucking hell like, i didn't really take it so i was like all right a pinch of salt this pot this lot are like i'm like i'm not double r yeah all right you introduced me to everyone's running this gaff i know other people and then that's like we get further down it's like a valau that's it it's valau it's an open sewer so walking down that and everyone's got like little fucking <laughs> it's just like it is in the films so they've got like little crates of chickens and that and you know like people selling fucking like cheese and like like rolls and stuff out of little carts and then you get further down i'm looking i'm thinking all right it's getting more built up and i'm like ah oh, there's a geezer there with an ak-47 i was like and he's <laughs> in a fucking vest and fucking javianas and shorts and then i'm like fuck me there's a geezer next to him he's got a grenade a fucking grenade mate but he was built up like it's not open land not like a fucking desert we're in like a built up here fucking grenade in the heart of the valley, yeah. Yeah, yeah a fucking grenade they got walkie-talkies on them 
right? All the walkie talkies. But I'm like, grenade. What the? F-? And, and he's got a, he's got a pistol in his hand, just waving it around and that. And as I've looked at this geezer, the AK, I've looked, he's looked, and he's seen Mr. Big White Guy, and he's gone, whom, anged it at me. I've never had a, I've never had anything like that aimed at me in my life, right? I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying that I was like, oh yeah, whatever, mate, move out of the way. I shut my pants, so I thought, <laughs> so fucking, that's definitely loaded. Whatever it is, he's ready to fire. I'm like, whoa, I'm like that, mean, like, and uh, para para, which means stop. Uh, and I'm screaming at them, nah, 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 and they're like, everyone moves out of the way and that. I'm like, I'm going to get fucking slotted. Like, oh, was he just, proper angry? Yeah, he was just like, he, don't, he didn't, he was panicking. He didn't know, and I don't think they told him, look, he, they're coming down. And they, they introduced us. And then they introduced us, made the introduction, speaking in Portuguese, fluent Portuguese to these, these geezers. Uh, they all look stoned as fuck and just like, they look rough. And they're like, oh, no, it's fist bumping and all that. I'm like, yeah, no worries. I'm one of you. And uh, then they put you in a WhatsApp group. So they let you know what's happening in the area. So they say to you whether to stay in or stay out. And the, 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 the favela, the uh, the uh, cut, the yeah, traffic the guys do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just to make sure that <laughs> yeah, right. some of the shit. I have to show you after. I have to show you after. Mate. Some of the stuff oh, on Sunday is mate. fucking mortifying. So basically, what happened was they're like always whatever's going on. They're always they got people everywhere, and their kids go to the school. So you're looking after little Johnny. He's like walking uh, somewhere in the morning with little guns and that. Oh, I see you later, son. Like, see you later, Pepe. And then, like, you're like, yeah, no worries, mate. And it's, it's what's sad about it is that you see the kids. Like, you know, I see the kids leg, leg, making Lego and that. Some of these kids will make up guns with Lego because that's what their fucking life is. That's what mm. they see. Their parents are fucking, you know. And, and then times, some might be drug addicts and stuff. They're, I remember there's one time this girl didn't get taken, like, she didn't get picked up. And I'm like, I'll stay. I said to the other girls, get home because it's getting dark. You don't really want to be fucking wandering around. Like, especially if you're not that part of where it is in the favela. Um, I said, look, I'll, I'll take it back. And I said, I, I, I tried to break it down to a Google Translate. You show me, because you're about fucking, these, these are kids, like really small kids. I mean, four, five, six, seven, eight. And uh, he must have been about six or five, I think she was. I said, you show, show me home, we're home. And uh, and uh, I held her hand and we walked and we fucking went up to, she, I, I mean, I, I fuck knows how I found my way back. And um, she showed me her home and it's like, ah, you, man, I don't even know how to relate. It's, fucking tiny mate it's, it's tiny it's a room it's a like room. like garden shed kind of tiny yeah 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 yeah, yeah. kind of like that but it's like it's not even like they've got like like you know concrete walls almost but it's just they've got that little shed room and then they've got like a little toilet and then they've got probably like a little outback room or something like that but it's fucking small but the, the mum was passed out on a couch mm-hmm. and there's fucking like other sinister people there i'm like all right i'll worry, see you later horrible mate but anyway that was the first day right bringing you this podcast today our rugby for heroes Rugby for Heroes are a not-for-profit organisation founded in 2009 in the wake of the death of Private Joe Whittaker, who was sadly killed on operations serving with the Parachute Regiment in Afghanistan in 2008. Rugby for Heroes fundraise for military charities. They do this by organising high-quality events which revolve around the themes of rugby, alcohol, live music, good food, good people. Since they were formed, Rugby for Heroes have raised nearly £120,000 for military charities. I have been a beneficiary of theirs in the past, and it's actually how I came to know about Rugby for Heroes, is when they reached out and helped me when I needed it most. And they have helped countless other individuals and countless other organisations help ex-military and servant personnel in their toughest times. 
Rugby for Heroes have got many events lined up for 2022. They've already held their first event. It was a supper club raising money for the 353 charity, and they have got more supper clubs and more festivals on the way. Look at their website, rugbyforheroes.org, to keep up to date when the next events are. Make sure you get along to at least one of them if you can, and I will see you there. I've been to every one of their events since I became aware of Rugby Heroes and like I said since they helped me out and I'll be going to every single one of their events in the future wherever possible rugbyforheroes.org or you can find them on social media at Rugby for Heroes at Rugby number four heroes and then um, I got up one morning I thought oh, this is a bit tense right two days in I'm like this is tense I need to go I was sold the dream I'm like you could train Brazilian Jiu Jitsu if you come here you know we'll surf on the beach and you could <laughs> if you want to holiday your dreams and help children you want to come to Rio and they were like and I, I thought fuck me I didn't get down I go for a run I didn't work out for two days so I was petrified of fucking leaving the fucking place we're standing and, and we were literally living in the same fucking sort of place that those people were living in anyway I'm going to go for a jog down the beach and uh <laughs> We were staying in a place called Koshopa within Hosinia, right? So I walk down, uh, start walking, and uh, it must be about six in the morning. And I look up and I'm like, ah, there's a group of group of blokes. Uh, maybe they're, they're in a running group or something. Ah, no, 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 no. Oh, they're dressed in black and sh- ah, right. I they got backpack. I they got guns. Fucking hell, they're like about fucking twenty of them. They're and they got all oh, right. Okay, they're all fucking get getting armed to the teeth. They're all like loading up, and they're like sorting each other out. And I just slowly, I blended into the wall and walked back to where I was staying. And I thought, did I just fucking see that? Am I going to see anything? And I got my head down. Oh, just get your head down again. So I laid down. All those boom, and then and it's just kicked off, kicked off, mate. And because obviously everything's like there's no, it's not like double so guys rival, window and that rival group or something. Rival group, yeah, and uh, what had happened was uh, his name was Rogerio. Oh my so God. they're one of their guys in prison. Their leader was in prison, and then I think it was like a sort of like a for area, right? Because everybody gets taxed in there by them. You've got a problem. You don't call the police. You call these guys, and they'll fucking deal with it. Do you know what I mean? That's just it's like it's like mafia. It's the same fucking thing. Mm. So there was like territory issues for whatever reason. I don't really know. Didn't want to ask him or fucking pry. So. It was like watching, mate. I could see it from a balcony. So the videos, I thought I thought I'll show you some of it. You probably uh, did, mate. Probably, yeah, probably no point showing anything when we drink it. So, uh, <laughs> mate, they're, they're running around. So the pacifying police have, have driven up their little car, and not. I think they're poor cunts. Don't even realise what's going on. This lot are waiting. I could see them waiting from my window. I can see them like we're on a balcony. So I'm having a little look. And we're like sort of like hunkered down, sort of a little peek over. And I can see what's going to happen. Oh my God, these, these guys are going to get killed. Are they going to kill The them? police are going to get killed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as soon as they got close enough, one of them was going, pop, 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 ain't shooting. Uh, and they, they realised straight away, they've hopped, they got out of the car, the car's like rolling back down the hill. And they're like, they've run, they've run to like the side. And lucky they didn't get, no, no, neither of them got shot. But it's just like, mate, when you, I'm, mate, I'm silly. I've never seen a firefight before. So when you see, you see like a, a rifle get sh- like like shot you're like wow that will kill someone <laughs> you know what i mean like, i know they're designed for that right <laughs> yeah. they'll fucking kill you like they, they, they just sound like it's a violent sound when you hear it like bah, 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 
No. Well, it's been um, desens- Hollywood and TV and action films have desensitised it all. Right. Try being around a try being around a weapon. Well, no, it has, isn't it? No, of course, the way that you it's hear it, it's just, it's just yeah, exactly. like you, people think, oh, you pull the trigger and it goes bang, and then it. Of course, no, no, yeah. no, no. Be around one of those in real life. Yeah, like it will it, take it, a fucking. It will life. shock That's what it's you. There for. It, it will shock you. Mate. It will shock you. Mate, and I, but then I was like with my little GoPro and that, and I was like, I fucking Ross Kemp, like embedded, like let's have a little look here, and I was just, I, I think it's just fucking. I was like, this is fucking exciting. But at the same time, I was like, this could fuck. I, I felt so sorry for these two fucking coppers. And they're running around hiding. And then they're all. And then all of a sudden, you can see it. Because different order favelas, it all goes like that. And you've got fucking great view of everything where we were. And uh, they're, they're killing each other, mate. Fucking see them. Fucking. You could hear it all going off. Loads of it, mate. Fucking. And you could hear it when. And I thought to myself, what if someone sees us on our little fucking bat and they sort of having a little look and we look fucking mate, sees I heard the crack and the crack sees and the gringo yeah. yeah heard a crack and thump because you can see him running around shooting each other fucking running around like, like, like it's, it's gorilla what mate it's mad mad and i've never seen it like it, obviously so then that continued and um fucking hell mate it was it was the, the people that were there half the numbers they're like no nah, no this is not for me and i was like yeah no worries mate <laughs> they out, did they? yeah I, I, people left are yeah. people left? Yeah, and and the people, the amount of people that died, mate. So what happens is they let the army let people just fucking murder each other, right? They let them get it all out of the system. People, bodies piling up. You can see bodies. I can see fucking see them, see them. And then it was like, that's why they had a WhatsApp group to let you know if it's going to kick off or not. Stay in. Don't go to school. Don't do this. Don't do that. And then there was one time, mate. Uh, we. Uh, oh, fucking, hell, I was about to tell you something. Then. Yeah. So what they do? They had the army waiting to come in. Right, so they send the army in afterwards, and they go and do like they're like the death squad, right? They got these trucks, these armored vehicles, and they've got little holes, right? And they just poke the rifle out of it, where they're just like they don't even there's no like like wagons where people are sat on the back of it. They just got holes where they poke the rifle out because they think they're gonna get dick from any. They're gonna get bulletproof like, wagons. That's right? it, yeah. right? Armored and wagons. because of the way it's all built, they just get big easy popping out, pop, 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 just go like that. So anyway, um, uh, so they're waiting for the army to come in. We go to school one morning. I used the morning shift. And uh, fucking hell! On the mate, this was like fucking front page news in Rio, right? So they've got I'm I'm in the school, and I'm like fucking hell, no one's turning up. Like there's like two kids, and then everyone's running around. That's the day after. No, nah, a few days after. A few days. A few like days that. if it's gone on, and it's like okay, we'll go back to school for a bit. Cool. All right, no worries. So um, and they have like a little ceasefire when they allow the people to go out, get your food, get your food, fuck off back home, <clears> and then we're gonna carry on. So then what happened was, um, people look at you probably looking like, why was she staying in there? I'm a man, I thought it was exciting. And I thought, well, I'm, you know, that sort of feeling of, oh, I'm alive or I'm, no, I don't, it's not really going to apply to me. I'm not a gangster or whatever. Anyway, so they, uh, fucking hell. So it was their teacher one morning. And I was like, that's fucking, I two kids here. And all the people running around outside frantically. And I thought, ah, oh, something's going to fucking happen. And they're like, and then the mad yank came in. The only time I've ever fucking seen him. He's like, you need to get out of here now. Don't, don't you need to leave here. What are you doing here? And I was like, ah, oh, right. I thought it was, teaching you like no 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 go the army has surrounded the favela and they're coming in oh, right shit. i walk past and we start to walk up right the, make sure the kids get taken off so we we look i look up at one of like the little like little bars they've got there and they've got a little tv on like the outside and i'm looking at it and i'm looking there's helicopters flying around and it's like fucking like bbc news they're like that like out the window and i'm like fuck we're, this is we're here like, we're here like this is like they're filming it it's on the fucking tv it was so surreal I took a photo of it so surreal mate and then uh we walked out to a bit where i could see the entrance and because they're all lined up 
Like, you know, like Billy Elliot and that are all like fucking like Thatcher times. They're just there, ready to go. And they're all like kitted up. Um, and, and I went to a part of the favela also walking home and they've got special forces called a BOPE. That's what they're called out there, the B-O-P-E, BOPE. And they're like SAS version, I suppose, right? That's your equivalent. And they're just like masks. They're like, no, 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 no talking. We're just here to fucking, we're here to make sure that they don't come back or they're fucking dead or they're whatever, death squad. And they, they, they fucking, they don't hide it. They've got a mask. They don't give a fuck, mate. They're like, yeah, we wear it right. They don't care. And a lot of these people, the police, they'll pose with their traffickers. So if they've killed them, they'll have a photo. Like, like, like they're, yeah, the hunting game or something. It's fucking mad, mate. So, and also the trackers do it with other, if they find someone from a rival gang, mate, some of the shit they do to them, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's horrendous. But anyway, um, so went back up to the, the, went back up and one of the, so I, they still, so it went on for like another week and a half. It was still happening. They came in and they said, look, it's curfew. You ain't allowed out. Don't go out after this time. We had a new guy come in and this mad Yanks probably just wants the fucking money for the rent. So we didn't tell him that there's anything happening in the favela. Obviously, there's like news, there's like journalists and stuff with a little body armor at the bottom. And I'd be walking around in my little yellow shorts and like, how you doing guys? You all right? And they're probably thinking, what the fuck is this geezer doing? Uh, but I got on, because you got introduced to everybody. So they know who you are. They'll call you Chio, your uncle, right? So everybody fucking knows who you are. So you just get a free pass. But if they don't, like, and what happened after I left was the Spanish tourist uh, went on a little tour around there. Someone took him in and he got shot. Fucking hell. Shot, mate, on spot, dead. 30, I think it was 33 or something. But anyway, before that, this new English guy comes and uh, his name's Tom. <laughs> he's a posh guy. Like, he's like, you know, like, like blonde hair, like good looking. And he's like, oh, you know, I've lost my luggage at the airport. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, mate, that's terrible. You're right. And I know I'm no, just trying to get hold of Heathrow and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, listen, um, I said, have you got any food? He's like, no, I've not eaten all day. I was like, oh, fucking hell, all right. Um, I said, look, it's seven o'clock curfew. It's about quarter past seven now. And all of the fucking, uh, like, uh, the streets are swarmed with them, right? So they're searching houses. With the army? Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the army, they're searching them. They're just... So this English guy turns up on that day? Yeah, he, get, he manages to get in, manages oh to get in, God. right? So, and I'm like, I said, he doesn't, he's like, what's really happening? What's happened? And I was like, I don't really want to be a geezer go to, like, listen, mate. Like you've walked into a war zone and like, no, I can't believe that cunt's not told you because uh, he probably wants your money. But, and he's lost his luggage. I thought, all right, listen, mate, there's a little place that's pizza, right? There's an oven grilled pizza and it's literally just underneath where we are, right? That just like a road away. I said, or oh, road away, an alleyway away. Let's go down there. Come with me. And they went, Grant, don't go out. I went, oh, mate, they're down now. I can see where they are. They're not going to get there that quick. So we walked down. And, uh, I'm waiting for my pepperoni supreme. And um, I'm talking to him, <laughs> catching him up. I'm like, yeah, I'll show you the ropes, mate. Don't worry about that. Oh, no, fucking, you know, so-and-so and, so and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, we step out with the pizza box. And all I hear is, blah, 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 blah. and people screaming at me. I'm like, what the fuck is, what the fuck? And I look and I'm like, fucking hell, there's a team. Of, I think there's about 16 of them. And it, it, I imagine you might know when they're working close quarters, they're sort like, they're like, they're quite bunched up because it's alleyways and stuff. They kind of have, it's like a 360 sort of assault team like rifles aimed up here they're everywhere fucking there there so just everyone's got something covered right so it must be how they work because of the environment they're working and he's aiming at me and he's like oh, i can see the whites of his eyes everything's like black head to toe and i'm like oh my god they're aiming at us and then he's like and they start going like that start going like that so i'm like Shit. calling you forward yeah he's going we should walk and i was like no 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 we should go this way 
go towards them. But it's the strangest thing having a fucking rifle aimed at you and you think, I've got to walk towards these people. It's so fucking bizarre. So then they grab, <laughs> grab us in. Fucking pizzas on the floor. And uh, they're like screaming at us in Portuguese. And I ain't got a fucking clue. I don't know how to fucking talk to him. So he's a fucking language exchange. I'm like, mate, fucking, he's white as a guy's poor bastard. He's not seen any of this. I'm like, just fucking talk, talk tell him. Fucking tell him, mate. I don't, I, I'm trying to, I'm screaming at him now. I'm, I'm fucking joining with him. I'm like, fucking tell him what we're doing. And he's not, he's gone. He's like, catatonic state. And I'm like, fuck. I'm, we've got told to say like a phrase, right? So if you can call by anybody to say who you are, right? And I think it was like a, uh, un voluntario, un proyecto favela, Chialino, right? So that means I'm a fucking volunteer project favela, um, and I'm an <laughs> uncle, right? Chialino's an uncle. There's also a phrase I got taught by the women, which is chiligo, and that's I'll call you later, right? So <laughs> I'm in a fu- my adrenaline's pumping my body because they're aiming rifles. They're gonna fucking kill me, mate. And I was like, I'm going to him. Look, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 chiligo, chiligo. And they're all going like, it's fucking gringo. Tell him he's going to call us later. And all look at each other like, what's this geezer about? And then I was like, they were like tapping me up. And I was like, shit, I, what we do is you don't like people pick, pickpocket pick, your phone out there. So you tuck it in the front part of your shorts. And obviously I've got fucking phone like this. You imagine you see that straight away. You're paranoid and you think I've got, I'm hiding a weapon or something. So I've pulled my shirt up and they're like, no, 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 it's just a fucking phone, just a phone, phone, phone. And they take it out, dash it on the floor. And then this geezer at the front realizes I'm a bit of a plonker. And he's like, pulls his fucking like death skull mask down. And he's like, arm on the shoulder. And he's like, my friend, what are you doing here? And I'm like, I live up there. And he's like, looking up and he's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, just that one there. And he's like, why? And I'm like, ah, cause I'm teaching. And I was like, Chilino, Chilino. And he's like, and he's like, my friend, Go home. <laughs> right? And I went, I can't. I'm here for a bit. And he's like, they're just like, they're like these geese are fucking idiots. So we're going to get slotted. Then I sent the fuck off. And he was like, just fuck off down there. I'm like, oh, I can't go back that way. No, 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 fuck off down there. I'm like, oh, all right. Um, so we had a couple of brushes with things that are a bit silly. And there was one time, this is the last fucking story on this. Uh, we were in the school, right? They've got this, all these kids, all they wanted was fucking instruments. Banging and making ma- massive amount of racket and noise. So they had a little shelf for the instruments and we put it out of arm's way because all they want to do is get it and make noise um so i put it up at my height now one morning i'd i'd uh we'd been in there and bullet holes had come through the fucking where the toys were and they just they, I, that, that was what I, this is like about a fucking month later i got to the point where i went fuck me that could have been like me stood there fucking getting a tambourine for some little dickhead and i'm fucking getting killed for it i don't think this is yeah, I shouldn't be here. As if there weren't any enough, enough warnings. But what I was doing at the time, mate, I was going on Bumble, right? A weekend, I thought, this is so stressful. You know what Bumble is, right? It's a little dating app. Oh, okay. Right? So what happens is... I thought you meant you go for a walk. No. That's a bimble, isn't it? Bimble, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, no, no, it says a, it's a dating app. And what happens is uh, the birds will have to uh, say... They have to match first, and then they'll go... Uh, they'll get in touch with you first. Text 24 hours, you've got a little time limit on it, but they have to get in touch with you. And you're doing this out there? Yeah. Right, I remember this part of the drunk story. Go yes. I, I remember I remember you talking about it, but go on. So what I would do is, I'd go, right, <laughs> I I'm going to find out, I'm just going to go on a date, because I've got fuck all to do, this is too intense. This is so intense when you're in there, you're like, oh my God, I need to get out of here. So get you'd leave some favela birds. Yeah, exactly. What would I, no, no, I would never do that. I was like, fuck <laughs> me, I don't want anybody come knocking at my little door, going like, come, come with us. So uh, it'd be outside of it. So you go to downtown Rio, right? Leblon or some affluent area like Copacabana. So uh, go on dates and I was in this one bar 
and it'll come on the news and like we're like in like two bottles of wine in like you know the conversations flowing she speaks english uh fluently and there's people there that speak in, and there's a lot of them because they're affluent people right you go outside of that favela people have got loads of money so strange and they're going i'm going cool but I, I fucking live there i live there and they're like what and i'm like yeah 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 i'm not sick of the badge i'm like i live there and then a bar barman hears me and he's like what and i'm like you what there hosenia and i'm like yeah they're like why and i'm like oh, i'm teaching and then all of a sudden some other couple go like finishing the state game tell us more and mate, like, i had the fucking like whole bar at one point but like and then this happened and then and then i saw this guy and they're like we've lived there for like 40 years we've never once wanted to go there why are you there you've flown halfway across the world to go in there oh but God. yeah but great times mate great times yeah. i'm wearing a time by the way mate so i need to take a piss i'm gonna take a quick piss and we, yeah and we got like 20 minutes to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait right piss over yeah. Oh, the, okay. the Rio, away, right? I'm so sorry. Rio. No, but it's, 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 it's in, fascinating. Yeah. It's like um, we just gonna say we're gonna we're gonna have to do a part two, right? So I reckon yeah. because we're running out of time. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's more to go. Well, well, no, but what we should do is shit. what we should do is um. So obviously, I'm gonna go and watch your. Me and Mrs. gonna go and watch your on the eight. Two twenty two. We'll yeah. do it at some point after that. Yeah, great, after mate. the show. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, but we still got time. We got still got some time now. So. That was, that was experience to go away and doing stuff like that. I had a, I had a recent guest on who's, he's a, he's a farmer, he's a farmhand. He's yeah. ex-military farmhand. And he left and he went and did, I think he was looking for something else. And he, one of the things he ended up doing, oh, was it before he joined? Long story short, he went to Korea, South Korea, to teach English. Was it teaching English? Yeah, and it's just, it's just, I mean, not like your favela stories, <laughs> mate. But it's such it's a, still, it's mate. like you're throwing yourself in, I mean, yours is an extreme example. Yeah, I'd, But you're yeah, throwing yourself in, now, in yeah. the deep end. Yeah. You're going, you ch you're going, take me, I'm going to chuck myself into the heart of a culture and I'm going to learn how to swim on the job. Mate, it's fucking, nothing loves like it. Man, that was one of our best experiences I've ever had. Just yeah. because you're in, like, you're, you're in, let's say, another culture, completely immersed in it. Did you, and like you say, you're throwing yourself in the deep end, man. And that's, uh, I'd recommend anybody to go do it. Go to another country. Go, go learn another place of life. Go look at them. And it'll teach you a bit more about yourself as well. So the question yeah. that led us down the favela rabbit hole yeah. was, what was the decision point for you to get back into acting? <laughs> Sorry, mate. It's my ADHD. I'll just ramble on. You know, stop, about, I asked on. it about 40 minutes ago. Fucking hell. Sorry, mate. We did a podcast. We'll go back 24 Don't need to apologise. So, at that point, so I've done menial jobs. That's what you asked me. I was like, oh, man, I've done jobs. I just didn't fucking care about. But obviously, I've done a favela one. <coughs> done a few other. Came back tall. Didn't like it. Um, and I just went through the cycle of being like, ignoring. Because obviously, I was fucking terrified. Obviously, I was... After the show, I was doing a lot of mental work as well on myself because I weren't weren't ready. I weren't ready, mate. I, I, I had a lot of I had a long journey to go on to be able to get back to this point. So again, I was very unhappy for a long time, and it just got worse. Do you know what I mean? And what happens is you leave something. Let's like okay, we'll go back to the physical analogy. You leave a wound untreated for a long time. And what's it going to do? It's going to rot. And then you and it might you need to fucking it'll, it'll get to a point where you have to address it. You have it, to. It, it gets worse and it takes longer to repair. That's it, mate. And like, that's what I had essentially. And I think uh, things just weren't going well. But uh, last year, I just wasn't happy, and I was wondering why. And I was like, well, because you're not fucking doing anything you like doing. You're not. Yeah, you know, I, I couldn't. I was always searching for something, and I didn't. And it was an identity thing as well. And obviously, I struggled with that once I'd I'd, I'd uh, had the stroke and. Uh, and I left acting because because of this because of the stroke because it was a lot to take um, and deal with. So then, at that point, yeah, a lot of things were going wrong, and it all came to a head. Um, 
And it was, I didn't have like a, it was just a, a point where I think, right, now's the time to do something about this because I'm not happy. And then I think Mark, and I spoke with Mark, I reached out to people that I knew, and I just went, mate, I was gonna, I, I said, can I have a meeting with you? Can I sit down? And I wouldn't want mates anyway, but I said, can we have like a business sort of chat? Not just us being mates and having a drink or whatever. So could we just have a proper chat? And uh, I said to him, how should I do this, mate? How should I go back about this? Because I'm terrified, I'm scared, and I don't know what I'm, I don't know what I'm doing and all the confidence. And it was just me, I was at that point, I just felt I had to, I had to do what was right for me. I mean, That's ignored... a tough pill to swallow there. You're swallowing up the pride doing that, aren't you? Yeah, mate. I'm 100%. Of course, as well, as I'm like, I'm, I, my I mean, to do that, to, to, yeah. to, it's almost like a, to to, say, to admit that you need, I need assistance in this, I can't yeah. do it myself. No, mate, of course. No. Yeah. And, uh, and he sat down with me and he went, this is our plan. He was gracious enough that he gave, not only gave him the time, but he went, here's the effort. I'm gonna, we're doing this together, all right? And if this doesn't work, this is how we're going to do it. Is this Mark? Yeah. He's a fucking legend. Such mate. a good bloke, mate. And he's been, he's been there for me for when I've been at my lowest as well. So he's, mate, he's, he's top draw. I, I can't thank him enough. I, I wouldn't have been doing the play that I'm doing now had it not been for him. I've done the self-tape for the play uh, for last year when Cheryl Cole was doing it. Uh, I got down to the last two for it then. Uh, but I didn't get it. I lost that to somebody else. But then they asked me back, and they asked me back in for this year uh, for for going to the Apollo. Um, but uh, yeah, it wouldn't have been for him, mate. He's um, he's been such a help. And then I've got I've got I've got my agent Rob Hughes with Felix De Wolf. There, uh, Rob. I knew Rob. I knew him for ages. So all like all these jigsaw pieces fitted together, mate. Do you know what I mean? And um, and Mark set that up. Mark helped out with that. So is the is the show your first job back in the game? Yeah. Wow, yeah, really, years, mate. Yeah, how are you finding it? Are you enjoying it? Uh, uh mate, uh, listen, I, 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 mate, I live and breathe it, mate. I love it. I love it. But I will say this: <laughs> if you do any, if you take nine years out of anything, you'll fucking know about it when it comes down to you know trying to produce the goods. Because I went on for my first night, and albeit it's a very small part, um, I've forgotten uh how it's like hard it's like the only analogy i could use like you know ring rust fighters right if you had a world championship fighter has time out 18 months two years whatever yeah they don't come back and fight the biggest dog going they just don't they have a few warm-up ones they they shake off the, they dust themselves off get the cobwebs out and and then they go right now i'm gonna have a go right but was what i and that's what i'd forgotten i'd thought oh uh i just went in i thought this is gonna feel like it did before but I'd forgotten all that. The feelings you have when you go on stage and being able to be, um, Conor McGregor says it, he's like, you have to be calm in the eye of the storm. You have to be present in that moment and be able to manipulate and maneuver and do everything you want. Not, you know, not being like letting it all swallow you up. And I think that first night I was like, oh, fucking hell, this is, it jarred with me a little bit. I was like, I haven't done this for a while. But then the second time I did it, it's like, ah, oh, I fucking love, this is why I'm back. Cause I love it, mate. I love it. And I, and, it's just yeah and then yeah so it's a short story it's fucking great it's good funny Love you it, mentioned mate. mcgregor yeah because have you watched this thing on netflix i've watched it yeah i finished it yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm only i'm on the third episode in but i had a moment last week i yeah. started watching it and so i got i got i i uh had a bad shoulder injury late last year and i had to stop How'd you do that rugby so it's one from years still? ago yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah. still from years ago yeah yeah, yeah yeah but i did it again last year playing rugby oh fucking November. hell yeah um and uh so I I go boxing training like mm. a proper boxing like fucking boxer side I go proper boxing yeah. and um, and long so short the shoulder injury put me out for ages yeah and I 
literally last week I was watching that McGregor documentary yeah. and, it, and I said to myself because I can't remember what I was watching on there he basically said he's, he said to himself I'm being a fucking pussy I'm being yeah. a pussy I'm being a pussy in some part of it and I, oh, said, is this- and I said to myself because yeah. I'm, I'm, I started back at boxing training yeah. but I hope he says now I'm, I'm only going to the early morning sessions when yeah. I go 6am they start but oh, I'm going there instead of the, no I am up anyway Yeah, I'm going there because I know this is why I've been doing it because yeah. I know that it's highly unlikely there's going to be sparring in those sessions. The sparring happens in the evenings. Oh, okay. Yeah, but because I'm not doing the sparring, I'm losing the confidence to go back at all into it. Because you're making it a thing. Cause each yeah, because I am making it a thing, making it a thing. And it's a tiny thing, mate. I literally said to myself last week, you're being a fucking pussy. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. Just go. Yeah. And, and, and he's, this is it. Like you, like the first time you go, Back in the game. Yeah. Done it. Done it. Done it. Done it. Exactly. What was exactly. I worried about? Exactly. Yeah. What was now I worried now about? There. You can soak up and enjoy it yeah. and learn again or try and delve in yeah. and going down a different... Yeah, 100%, mate. 100%. Yeah. 100%. yeah. 100%. Exactly. Back to this, back to that confidence thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Many, many, many people, I think, in, in life, they have a, a level of confidence which they don't really need to register. They don't have... They don't... It's never been a big part of their lives. They just are who they are. Yeah. Confidence has never been a big factor with anything for them, right? No. And there's other people who, for whatever reason, yeah. if maybe the vacation they're in, maybe the background, the experiences they've had, confidence is a major factor in them. Like, it's a major contributor to whether they're satisfied in life or not. Yeah. A, a factor, not the factor. Whether they're content or not, whether they're happy or whether they're fucking sad. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, back to the, in, in your vacation, mate, it's a huge thing. It's, huge it's thing, a huge man. thing. I've got a, I've got a um, actress and a voice actor coming on, on oh yeah back on saturday called jess nestling in fact we were in bags's place it's bags's missus oh okay yeah and yeah. we were having a when when i when i met up with her a couple of months ago to discuss the podcast we were talking to her about the same thing yeah, so yeah. it does really interest me the confidence side in what you do talking to her about it so momentum as well is a big thing with it you know what i mean well, that's a big yeah, thing man yeah, it's yeah. Like, with it, like a like a fighter on a skid well i mean like, you came yeah. off the back of kajaki flying high mate yeah the success in that film yeah. and then yeah the stroke happens. Yeah, it's like, mate. oh my God. That's could be worse timing. That's the thing is even walking in the head to, the, to play what we're doing now, people are going like, oh, you've done a feature. Like a feature. And it's like, you know, because of BAFTA and fucking everything else. Mate, it was, a, like I say, a huge success. It is. And I, I get people now, mate, when I was doing menial jobs, labouring jobs, mate, I was working in people's gardens and that. And someone would mention it because I'll work with them and they'll say, like, oh, well, you've done acting, blah, blah. And, and they'll be like, I know that film. Or I know that. The amount of hey, people that fucking seen Many it, people man. refer to it as the greatest British war film's ever been done. It fucking which is, is a pretty it big accolade. Go and watch it. Go and fucking watch it. Because it is, because I'm in it. And no, no, no it's good. It it's sick, mate. Film. I love the film, mate. I know yeah. I'm in it, but I'm like, oh, I think he's pucker, mate. Um, do you prefer stage stuff or... Uh, or um, on screen stuff different animal mate and it's like I can't I can't really say I don't think I think I love I think my theatre is the first love that I had because it was what I did at school do you know what I mean you were just there that's, you weren't I weren't taping at school do you know what I mean but the one that I'm more keen to learn now is TV and film I'm, like, I'm more like hungry to be like I want to get better and better and better and better at that but it's equal I think it's equal they're just different animals mate and do you so could you see a lot of actors do both yeah right is that is that kind of the same thing as the reason people do who do athletics on track in the summer the same reason they do cross country in the winter is it like tra- keeping yourself sharp training in a slightly different discipline but i think they yeah. can complement each other learn different I, things. I think sometimes you get with it as well certain actors that are just like they ain't made for stage you take uh, some people might be like oh they're a fantastic film actor and all that but i'm like yeah but it takes You've got to fucking be a proper machine to be able to go onto a stage, 
carrier fucking play, be in the moment. You've been filming, you sh- cut, fucking stop. Yeah, then no, no, some, someone's lighting's fucked. All right, okay, I get to start again. I get to do that again. I get to, I can, I can do that again. I can <sighs> reproduce that. Again, like Kajaki, you've got two takes. We're like, we're moving on. Do you know what I mean? So, you know, there's... So in stage, you've got to be on point. On point, mate. There's no... Every night. There's no fucking there's about no it. Some audiences don't give you the same reactions. You can't depend on that. It's not... you. So you have to be like a... You have to be so in touch with in the moment, there and then. Obviously, I'm not saying you don't do that in film and TV. I'm not. I'm just saying is I think my respect for certain actors, I'm like, you go on and do a show, do it every fucking night and you get to be able to... To, to to hold the crowd, it's fucking it's, it's a it's a talent, mate. You know what I mean, it's not mm-hmm. you don't no not everyone can do it. You know, mm-hmm. and, I'm looking forward to watching the show, mate. I'm um, buzzing to, to have you there. Shall people? Uh, uh, so, let me follow you. Uh, yeah, how, and Grant, where to look for the show? Uh, so, my Instagram is at Grant Kilburn. So it's G R A N T K I L B U R N. And then the show is two twenty two, a ghost story. That's on the, uh, the Apollo, Apollo Theatre, Shaftesbury Avenue, West End. Shaftesbury Avenue. Fucking oh, mate, yeah. Used to, used to frequent. It's a fucking deal, mate. Used to frequent the walk about there on many an occasion. What a joint that <laughs> it's is! Great, what a joint it's great. <laughs> but uh, I've also got we've got the gala night coming up. So that's the press night. But I've got that was another thing I wanted to mention. Um, the stroke. I got in touch with the Stroke Association because I've done my post on Insta. That's how Kate would have known about it. And uh, and I reached out to them because I was like, this isn't fucking not going to be, you know, hide away from it. I want them to be involved. And they've got in touch. The Stroke Association charity are, uh, they're going to, I'm pretty sure they're going to attend uh, the gala night and they're going to come on the night that I'm on, the July the 8th when I'm covering, uh, under, I'm doing the understudy role. But also they're going to do a little spread. Uh, they're going to do a little uh, piece on me as well. And which is the most important thing to me, mate, more than anything, is so I could tell my story to them. And even if they use a little snippet of it and they got a photo of me, there's some fucking 23 year old out there. Cause I saw one thing that did what happened to me, mate. I looked online and I couldn't really find anything I could identify with. I'd be like, well, this is mm. not me. And they made me feel even more isolated. Um, so there's one person out there that looks at me, young person, old person, no matter who it is. And they go, ah, oh, he's, he's doing all right. He's doing all right. All right, it took him nine years to get back to where he needed to be, and he, but he's doing all right. So that means that I can be, and I can fucking do it. And that's all I care about, man. That's all I care about. Well, do you know what? I'll put it in the blurb of this as well in the description. Yeah. I'll put it in there. Yeah, great, know, mate. About it, like, Grant yeah. Kilburn. You can stroke survivor, mate. There. I'm fucking wearing it like a badge, mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to have it on my Instagram. I was like, it's a bit much. Don't fucking go around fucking telling people all that all the time. And I was like, ah, well, you know, I don't know. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it, man. I've survived it. I'm here. Do you know what I mean? You know, I think it's part of my identity now, and you know, and I'm, I'm happy to talk to about, about with anybody. Well, mate, thank you so much for having me. You're good, so mate. Sorry. It's a shame you're going for time. Is, we could have gone on for all day. Uh, we could have, mate. I don't well, think your hacking fans would have no. been happy. But <laughs> I mean, is this, is this any good? Yes, you see, you yes, Kenya? very good, yeah. very good. What we'll do is next. We'll, so. Uh, you tell all the guests so we'll get you on for a second part and after then like, <laughs> no there's been part twos before mate yeah. after July yeah. we'll get we'll do it what we'll do is we'll time it for because we got to go to fucking work now I've got to go find my uh, clubber for we'll on. time it for um, we'll do an, we'll do a late afternoon yeah mid afternoon late afternoon yeah, and mate, we go for beers yes mate and I you can tell me stories that. and yes. I'll forget them yes exactly we'll do that all <laughs> over again mate Parker thank you for having me on Hugh and thanks for Bagsy as well for letting us uh, be oh Bags, yeah yeah Bags. yeah Bags. Sweet. arms love it that's it if you enjoyed this episode why not become a H Hour patron H Hour patrons get exclusive access to premium content there are private interviews with previous guests and with this guest that nobody will see except for the H Hour patrons so before this podcast was recorded 
I recorded an exclusive Q&A, a shorter interview structured around eight questions. All the questions were chosen by patrons beforehand, and that interview is online now for patrons. That happens every time. Patrons also get access to all of the episodes before anyone else. They get advanced viewing of the episodes. And you also get other perks and bonuses. All of the information is on charliecharlie1.com. Just hit the menu item, become a patron. It'll show you everything there, including access to the H-Hour Discord community and private patron-only channels on there. So go to charliecharlie1.com and hit the menu item, become a patron. Easy peasy. Thank you for being a supporter. Subscribe to the channel, and I will catch you on the next episode. Thank you.